Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Maggie Palmer. Hello, Maggie. Hello, Sarah. I am sorry you are not here in studio as you were last week. I know, although you almost gave me the plague last week. So <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> I am I am better and I oh my gosh, after I drove you to your hotel, came back, wrote up the copy for the podcast and made it um like set up in our newsletter because it was we record the day night before, which we usually don't do. And I went to bed at six thirty PM. <laughs> wow, I know. You know, and I went to the place we were supposed to go for dinner. Oh, you did. You did. I did, but it was one of those like just one, just one. <laughs> Just one? Are you dining alone tonight? I'm like, look, I am perfectly okay with this, okay? I'm not feeding someone. I'm not dealing with fights over the iPad. Uh-huh. I am uh-huh. happy to be here alone. I was just like yelling, yes, I'm here alone. It is table. so it is so amazing how that changes. I um, you know, I had my unexpected divorce when I was my husband left when I was 29. And oh, I just remember the one and only time I went to a movie by myself when I was um, going through that breakup. And I just was oh, so sad. And then I would like, go if I'd go out to even a business, like eat when I was on business trip, and I'd be by myself back then, I just felt like all eyes were on me and pitying and all this stuff. And now I'm like, Oh, I am alone. I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. It was fabulous. It's I was like, so where should fa- I go? Should I go to Darcel's? And then I'm like, yeah, it's nine o'clock. I think I'll just go to bed. <laughs> right, right. But hey, I'll I thought of a Target. <laughs> yeah, I thought of doing something. I did. I did. I did. I did go to Target. I went to Target and I got some new underwear. It was because the Target was right next to my hotel. It was. Just, it was the most magical business trip ever. Thank you for that. Oh my goodness. I had a wonderful time. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, um, but I did get well enough to go out on Saturday night to see the most fantastic musical with my son, John. It's a uh, come from away and it is, uh, it opened. Well, it actually opened in Newfoundland, and but it has been on Broadway. I, I don't know if it still is on Broadway. So this was the touring Broadway production. And oh my goodness, have you heard of the play Come From Away? I haven't. So it is just a really human way of looking at 9-11. And what they do is they focused on the community in Newfoundland where planes were diverted because if you'll recall, they closed the airspace over the United States. And so, you know, planes that were en route from Paris and, you know, Bangkok and, you know, Berlin and things like that were had to be rerouted and land somewhere. And so there's this enormous uh, airport. It used to be the world's biggest airport because planes, you know, going across the Atlantic used to not be able to make it in one stop, you know, on one tank of gas or whatever. So they would have to land there to refuel. So they diverted all these planes there. And the town, very small town, just welcomes all these passengers for what ends up being five days. And so it is 12... Uh, actors on stage and they just play myriad roles they're they're the plane people and then their townspeople or the mayor or you know the woman who's running the the um, school that they ended up being in and oh my gosh it was so moving and so funny and just heartwarming and ah we just loved it wow Um, what a creative idea I just I love artists who can look at different tragedies Mm -hmm. you know from different perspectives I Mm -hmm. I, that's what I love about theater and I Mm -hmm. love you know John is 
so involved in theater and so are you, but every time I take Dylan, the same thing, I took him to Hamilton and it was just mm -hmm. so eye-opening to see the way that that script mm -hmm. was written. And for him, you know, I mean, he grew up with President Obama, but um, I was just marveling at it. I was, it was blowing my mind and I'm like, he's mm -hmm. 10 and he gets to see this type of mm -hmm. art. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's, ex I mean, that's exactly what I walked away with was thinking, what an incredible, clever way. Yet it wasn't clever just for the sake of being clever. It was just an insightful, innovative way to show, you know, the, the you know, perhaps this, the greatest tragedy this country's ever faced on our soil in such a human, small scale that yet made such a huge impact. And yeah. Oh, I just can't recommend it highly enough. And uh, when John and I were walking back to the car, he was like, mom, I think I liked it better than Hamilton. <gasps> and I, uh, yeah, I know. I know oh what you're saying. Okay, say it's on my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I have to say that, okay, so the music, it was good. It was very um, kind of fiddles and um, accordion. I don't know. Like it was, it had a Open little night. bit of, yeah, it had. So, and, and you, they had accents. And so you got a sense that maybe there's like a strong tie of like some, Irish undercurrent there or something. And so it had yeah. a little bit of folky music to it and um, kind of a toe tapping type thing. But I didn't walk away singing the songs like I did after Hamilton or after uh, Dear Evan Hansen. But in terms of just the play itself, I think I might be with John. Like it was, it just, it was, it was just fantastic. Just fantastic. And it was a um, hundred minutes, no intermission. Oh, and that's so nice. I, uh, I can't stand intermissions. I like, hate I intermissions. <laughs> you stand and you kind of weigh your options. Okay. Right. You, okay. How bad do I have to pee? Because as a woman, you're like, I'm going to have to go stand in line. Yep. And everyone's got their undergarments and their, you know, pull-ups and all their stuff yep. under their dress. So it's going to take... I do. It's like a beautiful mind. I'm like doing calculations in my mind. Like, do I go get M&Ms? Do I need wine? Or do you I want to deal with the bathroom? <laughs> you are slaying me. Exactly. Because, and I also do that, um, you know, like kind of managing my fluid intake before I go to a production. I did too. <laughs> after three kids. Okay. We're in the three kid club together. I don't, you probably do this after one kid, but I've had three kids and I'm like, okay, mama can only take so much time sitting down because I stand up and the floodgates have opened. And I'm like, oh, intermission. Where's the bathroom? How many yep. people uh -huh. are in front of me? I mean, I have so often looked over at the men's bathroom and there's no line. And I'm like, maybe if I just bring a wig and a mustache, <laughs> I can just hop over there and nobody would notice. See here in Portland, I've actually thought about just, I, I kind of will do a mental scan of what, what we passed on the way there. It's like, did I pass any porta potties at a construction site? Is there like, you <laughs> know, there a public, a, a public toilet that maybe is there, there for, you know, homeless people? Like oh. how close is it? Can I get there? Yeah. And, um, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so, and I just, uh, I just, it's such killing time during an intermission. You're so like, I've got my capris, I'm wearing a diaper, <laughs> I eat in both. I will pee in these capris if it means I don't have to wait in line. Right, right exactly. <laughs> Your son's um, like, mom. <laughs> You're not oh, my, oh my goodness. So, and then I can't believe that, that we really had never scratched the surface before about the fact that you also have a child who is totally into dance. Dance mom. 
Dance mom. I just, did jazz, dance mom. I did jazz hands. Dance mom. <laughs> so you got to tell people about your your talented daughter and her Irish step dancing. She is a little spitfire. I I did not do dance. I did sports, athletics. Um, I wasn't around dance. I tried out for cheerleading like three times. I could not do the split at the end. You're like, good luck, boys. Good luck. I used to, have to do the split, and I would just stand there like. <laughs> good luck <laughs> you know and they were so nice but okay try again next year dear and i three years in a row three seasons in a row did not become a cheerleader so i just stuck but i track. love that i love the determination though that you kept trying out <laughs> yeah they were they were probably like talking to my mom like you know uh we don't know how to tell you this she's terrible <laughs> don't come back next year Maggie, you're also making me do the thing that I think I just sound like an idiot because I just am laughing, 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 laughing. <laughs> it probably sounds funny and as people are listening. I hope so. <laughs> it makes otherwise. me laugh. But so long story short, my daughter is very talented, unlike myself. And she just picked up Irish dance last year in Chicago. You know, we had just got there. I wanted the kids to feel as normal as they could after the hurricane. Um, I wanted to give them a sense of community and place and you know, participation. And we lived in a tiny apartment and my husband was traveling and I didn't want to hurt anyone, honestly. <laughs> so I was like, what activities can we do? Um, and so the Irish dance studio was right down the street and oh my the ballet gosh. studio was too far. So I was like, Irish dance it is. And you know, my dad is Irish. I mean, we're uh -huh. like third generation Irish, but they're uh -huh. all Irish all on my dad's side. And so all my cousins did Irish dance and I would just oh. look at the dresses and boo. And, oh, I just wanted to do it. And then, of course, you know, I couldn't do splits or dance. Um, and also my mom saw the price tag of those dresses and was like, mm -hmm. no, you can do track. You just run around and do cross country. <laughs> and I don't pay for anything. Um, so but she just took to it. She did great. And then this year she's competing and she's winning little medals. And it's really cute. I, I cannot. You are also being very modest. She went to nationals. She did incredibly well at nationals. And, and now I am even more blown away because you tell me that she only started it last year. Yeah. And you know, I like Irish dance because it is not just Irish kids. I mean, there's all ethnicities. If I could take a picture of these kids, um, they're from everywhere. It's just people like the style of dancing. And I like it because it, the dresses are not skin tight. They kind of flare mm -hmm. out at the hips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all shapes and sizes. It's all about strength. It's a beautiful dance, um, you know, and like, it's kind of nice to have some culture because I think sometimes in America, we're such a mixed match of hodgepodge, mm -hmm, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. great. That's what's great about America. But then sometimes by this, you know, third, fourth generation, you're kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah, you're Americanized. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's kind of fun to have uh, a bit of culture and, and a lot of the words are Gaelic. Um, mm -hmm. So we haven't, you know, do we haven't dove into that yet. But uh, for her, it's just like pretty dresses and glitter and sparkles. But so and is it a regional thing? Because I, you know, it's really big out here in Portland. And so is it big everywhere? That's funny. I mean, I, it was big in Chicago because Chicago still has um, that Irish American. Sure. Identity oh gosh, yeah, of course, yeah. On the South Side, and so I thought it was just big there. So when you told me you had gone to a convention center and seen, you know, you mm -hmm. and Phoebe had seen the dancers, um, I didn't know it was big in Portland. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And one of the uh, 
kids' favorite teachers at their middle school, both her daughters are really into it, really, really into it. And they are, I think one's in college and one is maybe a junior in high school now. Oh, that's neat. You know, I think anything that your kid likes and is interested in, and then to give them that sense of purpose, to put them on a stage, I think, you know, someday when she's walking into a boardroom and she gets kind of jitters or nervous, I, I think she'll think back to going out on stage and dancing her little heart out and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of go into that mode of having confidence and standing up in front of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that now we can share dance kids stories. Dance mom. So- yeah. <laughs> you got to do the jazz hands. Jazz mom. Oh, we need a little uh, auxiliary video to go along with this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was, I was dance mom when she like, she got second and third the first day. And then the second day she didn't place against pretty much the same group of kids. And the second uh-huh. day they got like the sash and the teddy bear. Oh, and I was sitting next to the moms whose kids had won and they were like, Ooh, and I turned into dance mom. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? What? No, there's been a mistake. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my, we need it all in high def so that we can see all the makeup that John just is obsessed with that show dance moms. And I guess they were maybe taking it off of Hulu or Netflix or something. So he really had to, in his mind, you know, binge it and get through the whole arc of all the seasons. And oh my gosh, he was watching it on our, uh, one of our big screen TVs and Oh my gosh, it high def does no one any favors. No, it really doesn't. Oh, we got oh a high God. def TV and I was like, how do we switch it back? Because Oh yeah, <laughs> make it stop, make it stop. I because could see every poor. <laughs> I know, and these people are, I don't know, like practically 20 years younger than I am, and I'm like, oh honey, oh, we need to like take that makeup off with like, you know, a, a a hoe. I mean, you know, backhoe, like it was, oh my goodness, like a spackle knife. I mean, it was not, it was not Maybe good. better that way. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to see what's underneath it. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Well, it's the ugly behavior that's really the worst. So I don't even um, watch this show. I just like saying dance mom with jazz hands. <laughs> You're tapping into a cultural phenomenon of which you have no idea. Oh, uh, geez. If I get a shirt and like a matching tote that's like, man, Marion's mom, dance mom, that I have an intervention. I've gone too far. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, well, I look forward to hearing more Irish step dancing anecdotes. Hey, this um, is our month. This is it. Oh, exactly. This is, this is, this is prime time, baby. It's March. It sure, sure is. Luck of the Irish. Let's get some shamrocks out. Dance mom. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm back to doing it again. Uh, I need some supplemental oxygen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I can, I can sober up. I can sober up. All right. So, but speaking of dancers, our guest today was a dancer growing up, but now she's all about running. She is Allie Feller, host of Allie on the Run podcast and the blog of the same name. Plus Allie is a new first time mom. Her baby Annie was born last October. Allie lives across the river from New York City with her family in Weehawken, New Jersey, and she has Crohn's disease. Maggie and I will chat with Allie after this brief break. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us, Allie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I never thought I would be on the Another Mother Runner podcast, but uh, here I am. I'm a mother now, apparently. I know. I know you got over all your reservations that you sometimes blog about, about, oh, I like my life the way it is. Do we want to disrupt it? Um, yeah. Yeah. So you got you to gush about your baby for her. She's almost five months old, isn't she? 
Oh my God. Yes, she is. I mean, she's still rocking the three month clothes, if that counts for anything. She's a little peanut, but yes, I had my first baby girl, Annie, back in October. So she's just about five months old. She has rocked my world in the best ways and the craziest ways, in ways I definitely could not have prepared for, as I'm sure everyone listening can attest to. Uh, It's been a wild ride, but. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to say like, we're starting to find our groove because then you know something's going to mess up that groove. So <laughs> I will just say we're surviving. <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah. And as soon as you figure out one stage, I feel like uh, they move on to the next stage. We were just talking about it the other night, a bunch of moms, um, but that's what they do. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've been told. It's like we got into this beautiful schedule. We have a routine. She's like clockwork and then one missed nap and it's like chaos. So I'm just trying. It's been, it's actually been really good for me. I'm a very uptight person. And <laughs> it's been really hard for me to let go of that and kind of surrender to the fact that not only do I not know what I'm doing, but neither does she because we're both new at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's new to the world. I'm new to parenting. And so we're both figuring it out. And it's actually been a really good lesson in trying to be a lot kinder to myself because Mm. I don't want my daughter growing up, like, not that she'll remember this time, but I would hate for her to feel the energy of me telling myself I'm doing a bad job or beating myself up or criticizing myself or, you know, she's seen me cry a lot and that's fine. I've seen her cry too, but... (laughs) I don't want her to grow up thinking like, oh my God, my mom is so uptight and stressed out all the time because I'm sure she can feel that to some extent. So it's been good for me to try to ease up a little bit, which again is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 So we alluded in the intro that you grew up dancing, not running. Speaking of um, having a schedule, I know that, you know, dancers (laughs) running, we all have these type A personalities and schedules. Of course, kids come in and uh, blow that up, which is great. But tell us how you morphed into a runner and also how you've evolved as a runner. Oh yeah. Loaded question. So the, the short version of my background is I grew up in a, you know, booming metropolis of Kentucky, New Hampshire, population <laughs> 3,500. And there's not a lot to do there. You either played sports for the school, which I, um, after I made my teammate bleed on the basketball team and she was on my team, not the <laughs> opponent. I made my own teammate bleed and my dad was our coach. And so he was like, you're done with sports, nothing involving other people, no contact, no balls. You're done. So found my way into dance, love dance. That was my passion. I danced competitively, tap jazz ballet, the whole deal. Did that all throughout elementary school, high school. When I was in college, I was the captain of our dance team. And yeah, that was my life. That was definitely my schedule of, you know, I was the, I'm sorry, I can't, I have dance girl. Like, oh, let's go to the movies. I can't, I have dance. Let's go to the bar. Uh, I can, but I'll be late because I have dance. That's basically why why my daughter is in dance. So that, you know, all the boys asking her out in high school, she's like, sorry, she has dance. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to say the boys were like banging down my door to ask me out. That's not quite how I remember it, but I'll just say. Exactly. They would have. They, you know what? They were at the door. I just wasn't there to answer. There you go. So, they knew. I'm sure that's what was happening. 
Yes. So I, I danced, but I never wanted to be a professional dancer. To me, it was a hobby. It was something I loved. I wanted it in my life. And so my goal was to move to New York City and write for a dance magazine and not still be a dancer, but still have that be part of my life. So that's what I did. And as soon as I moved to New York after college, I was like, oh, cool. I'm not dancing anymore. There's 99 cent pizza on every street corner and you can get it 24 hours a day. And then very quickly, none of my clothes fit and I was working in publishing. So I was making $30,000 a year and I was like, well, I can't afford new clothes and I can't afford a gym membership. I can afford one pair of sneakers and an okay-ish sports bra from the clearance rack at Marshall's. So I really like that there was no option in there to give up the pizza. That's my favorite part of the story right now. Oh, yeah. No, I guess. It's not like I should eat healthier. It's like, can't buy new clothes. That is such a sad metaphor for my life. No, too. I love it. Like, oh, I love it. Not gonna, Never not give up the pizza. But also, but in my defense, the pizza and the pasta, that's what was cheapest. I mean, I lived off of, for the first like five years in the city, I was eating pasta with either butter or red sauce for dinner almost every night because it was all I could afford. A box of pasta is $1.99 and that's like one meal for me. <laughs> a box of pasta. So I'm a runner. Uh, so my roommate who I found on Craigslist, she, you know, the, as a legend goes, I walked into her room the day I moved in and she had all these shiny, I called them her shiny necklaces on the wall, but they were her half marathon medals. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, jewelry, that's cool. Uh, where'd you get those? And she was like, I earned them. You can't buy them. <laughs> and so she taught me about running. She's the one who got me, the, brought me to get the shoes and do all that. And I, you know, I thought I would hate it. I grew up as a dancer. We're supposed to hate running. We hide under the bleachers <laughs> during the mile in gym class. And that's what I did. But suddenly there was something about running that stuck with me. I mean, I, I was terrible at it. Don't think I was a natural. I ran like put on my shoes that first day out of the front door of our apartment. I just sprinted and was like, this is amazing. And then was gasping for air 12 seconds later and was like, I just went for a run. Let me go get that pizza. And so that took a little while to find balance there. But the next day I was like, let me try to run 20 seconds or another block or whatever. And it took me a long time to build. It was a big deal for me the day I ran my first mile. And that was only because there was a dog park a mile from our apartment. So that was my goal. I was like, run to the dog park and then you can sit and look at the puppies. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, it doesn't take a lot of complicated stuff to motivate me. I would say pizza and puppies have pretty much always been it. So it took me a while to be able to run a mile without stopping. And I worked my way up. We ran, my roommate and I did a four mile race together in Central Park. So that was my first race experience, which I mean, if, if you're going to do your first race, do it in Central Park. What's better than that? And from there, it spiraled. Half marathon, marathon. I'm never doing this again. Another marathon. That was my <laughs> last one. Seven marathons later, I just today signed up for this year's New York City Marathon. So like, I don't know what I'm doing, but um, I like it. So, well, and there's something I'm, else that uh, running brought into your life. 
your first marathon and meeting your husband are intertwined. Yeah, they are. Yes. My husband owns an advertising agency. Well, he would say digital marketing media agency. I don't know. I always say it wrong. Um, the ever evolving landscape of marketing and media, but he owns an agency. And back in 2011, I was like, fresh off a breakup, which meant I was just living, my diet had changed. I was now just living off vodka. And <laughs> so I was like, somehow in the best shape of my life, because I think coming off a breakup does that to you. Um, I like lost a ton of weight. I was running super fast because I was running angry all the time and <laughs> had a lot of emotions. And I saw this ad on Facebook or this post on Facebook that was from my local running store here in New York. And it said, we're looking for real runners to train for their first marathon and raise money for the charity of their choice. And of course, again, fresh off a breakup, what better time to run your first marathon? <laughs> so I was like, you know what, this is what I need in my life right now. I'm, I've done a bunch of half marathons. I want to, I want to apply. So I pitched myself, said, I want to run a marathon. I want to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation because I have Crohn's disease. And so that's a cause that's always been really near and dear to me. And I got brought in for a screen test. I think 350 people applied. They were wow. looking for six. Wow. But and you know, people always say stuff like, oh, did you know you were going to get picked? And I think people expect me to be like, no, I had no idea. I'm not going to lie. I had such a feeling about it. <laughs> like I, even when I applied, I was like, I feel like I need this in my life. And this is, this is going to work out. I was just, I don't know if it was just delusion or optimism or just like a gross amount of confidence that I had at the time. But I was like, I actually think I'm going to get picked. I feel great about this. And I went in for my screen test where they just sat a bunch of us down in front of the camera, asked a bunch of questions. And that was February 11th, 2011. That was the day I met my now husband. But I joke about this. I didn't know he was the owner of the agency producing all of this. He just happened to be standing next to a tray of fruit. And while I was waiting, was like, do you want some fruit while you wait? And I was like, oh, caterer, you're so nice. <laughs> and for the first Four months of the campaign, I thought he was the caterer, despite him never having food again. He would be at these shoots in like a blazer. And I would just be like, what's for lunch today? Like, so just stupid. And like, I think just very innocent. And I, wa I wasn't looking for like a boyfriend. I was looking to train for a marathon. So I was not, you know, the cute caterer was just a cute caterer um, who eventually we, you know, one night after running the Brooklyn Half Marathon, we then had uh, a shoot that day. We were shooting a series of commercials that were going to air. They aired during like the ESPYs or something. It was actually pretty mm. cool. And so between running a half marathon, which if you've run the Brooklyn Half, you have to be up at like 4.30 in the morning to get to that start line. So mm. then I ran the half. Then we were shooting all the way up in the Bronx, which for my New York City area people, you know that Coney Island and the Bronx are the two furthest points from each other while still being in what is technically New York City. So it was a very long day. I went home, was too tired to make my box of pasta. So I was like, I'll just have some Pinot Grigio, I guess. That comes, you know, ready-made. And so I did that, sent him a Facebook message that was like, the shoot was so fun today. Thank you. And now we're married.
So. <laughs> oh my gosh. He also must have thought you were like obsessed with food because it was all you would talk about with him. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I am obsessed with food. So, uh, yeah, if, I feel like it, not only does it make for a good story, it also set up what would become my priorities very early. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm always going to ask about food first. And I still do that. So he knew what he was in for from day one. But yes, uh, I, and I ran my first marathon. And it was cool that he was such a part of it in a really cool way. Uh, you know, I felt super supported the whole time. We kept our relationship a secret because <gasps> I know we thought it was scandalous. We were like the other contestants, you know, cause it was a competition to see who could raise the most money, not oh, who ran the fastest, okay. but it was a fundraising competition and it was, you know, really publicized in the area. And we were like, the other contestants can't know. Like that would be scandalous as if anyone gave a crap. Like who did we think we were? And we like didn't tell anyone, didn't post any pictures of each other. And that was before Instagram too. But uh, you know, even on Facebook, I like would post pictures of the back of his head or on my blog, which oh I was blogging gosh. a lot. Like, oh yeah, he was like a secret. And then the day after the race, of course, because he was there for because they were shooting the at the race. But of course, then I get to the finish line and I collapse into his arms and give him a big kiss. And we were like, oh my God, now people can know again, <laughs> as if anyone cared about our business. No one cared. Definitely no one cared about the scandal we made up. But it kind of made it fun to like- Oh, made it more scintillating. Oh yes, the forbidden yeah. love. Yes. The, the forbidden young love. So yes, now we're married. We have a baby. We have a dog. And um, I'm still running. And he still, and he still has his business, but it is not a catering company. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So- Back to your dancing. I have to say that I was so dang glad when I found out that you used to be a dancer because before that I was just blown away by your jump shots that you post oh. on Instagram. And um, so, so tell folks who haven't seen your Instagram feed or blog what they are and then tell us about the origin of them. And because also maybe how to get a jumping photo that's like one tenth yeah. as good as that. Oh yeah, I got this. Okay. So first of all, <laughs> no idea where it came from. I should scroll back. I don't know. Like, when did I do that for the first time? I don't know. I think I've always just been this, I have a lot of energy and I think I, I can just, sense that <laughs> I'm always looking for ways to get it out because I work freelance. I work from home. I'm within these walls of my apartment a lot. So I think that when I get out, I just like I'm like a little pinball in a pinball machine, just sort of bouncing around. And so, yeah, that's how somehow, somehow at the end of my long runs, I have that energy to still jump, I guess. Wow. But I don't know. So it's, I don't know. I just jump. It's like a split in the air, but it's not because I cheat and bend my back leg. Mm -hmm. um, it is not really a jump I ever did as a dancer. So I don't know where it came from, but now it's like when I finish a run, if I feel like I have something to say about my run and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to post on Instagram about this run I just went on, which is not every run because most of them are very uneventful. But every now and then I want to say something and I'm like, well, you know, Instagram, you need a picture to go with it. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to jump. It's all I got. So oh I don't have a photographer at my disposal. So I just put that phone on the ground. I turn it on video mode. Oh, mm. sometimes, sometimes I do the self timer. It's really hard to try to count down from 10 and think that you and the camera are counting at the same time. So I usually do video and then I just 
do my little jump and then I play the video back and hit pause and take a screenshot. It's very, the life of an Instagram runner is so glamorous. I tell Mm you, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I have no idea where that came from. It's just like, it makes me happy. I know it's probably super cheesy and I imagine anyone coming across this for the first time being like, what is this girl doing? Why is she jumping if she's a runner? Like, I don't know what people think, but it makes me happy. And um, the landing is not cute. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very um, Mick Jagger-esque, the, the type of oh, jump. You look like you should have a guitar you. in your hands. And, um, oh, yeah, we can although have fun I, with this. Yeah, although I guess Mick Jagger doesn't play a guitar. So maybe how about like a Pete Townsend type thing? And um, But the video mode, because I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. how many takes does she have to do? Even if it is self-timer and you have you know a whole bunch of frames to choose from. No, so, it's, it's video mode. Though I will tell you, if it's summertime... And my husband happens to be out with like the dog. This used to happen a lot when like I would finish my run, he'd be outside with the dog. So I'm like, yes, my photographer, (laughs) I give him the phone and he is like a wizard behind that lens. He can get it on one take because he knows each other. He knows my timing. He Uh crouches down low. He's like, yeah, he's great. But, um, it's harder to now I can't be like, Hey, I just finished my run. Can you and the dog and the baby come outside in the winter to take my Instagram photo? (laughs) Ah, I don't really know how I feel about that. So video mode all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And hope for the best. Still in the secrets here. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. And I feel like I'm not the only one who thinks this. I follow a lot of people and I know there are even more out there with these beautiful photos of themselves running every day. Uh And I want to know, like, did someone take that for you? Is it a self timer? Do you have Mm -hmm. just like a log of photos? You did a shoot one day and you just Mm -hmm. upload them. Like I have so many questions (laughs) and no one. And I feel like it's rude to ask for some reason. And one time I did ask someone, I was like, how do you get these photos? Cause they're never blurry. They're always in focus. And she was like, oh, I only spend a second doing it. I was like, I was like, first of all, I don't need you to like try and be modest. I want to know what you do. I'm not judging you. I'm nosy as hell. And I want to know how you got your crystal clear action shots from your iPhone and no one will tell me. So I don't know. Maybe I just need to be more direct or maybe someone listening can shed some light and let us all know. Or maybe you need to go outside the New York city Metro area and you might get some more candor and, um, no, but it wasn't, that wasn't even a New York person. That was like a DM. No way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was like, listen, I have a question. Um, so, you know, I just want people to be honest about their photography. Like I am honest about the fact that after my runs, I put my phone, I prop it up next to a bench and I look like an idiot. (laughs) And you know what? The things we do for Instagram, it's all good guys. Let's just, let's just own it. We, uh, we do have, um, a mother runner, Samantha down in San Antonio, Texas, and she is the ma- the master, the mistress of selfie photos, like self-timed wow. photos. And she did do a, a post on our website that maybe I'll link to in this because she had a lot of good tips. It also doesn't you know, hurt that she's incredibly cute. So like mm. a- probably any picture she takes of herself looks good, but, um, she gets really great action shots. Oh, go so girl. for me, for me, it's all also all about finding the thing to prop it up against because, oh, okay, yeah. 
you know, okay, so for you, you are wanting it to be kind of pointed up. But if you <laughs> want it to be, you know, straight on, it's like, well, if you put it on like the hood of a car, like against the oh, windshield. I don't, we don't have cars here, yeah, though. <laughs> right. And so so you do that, but then you get like, you know, the hood of the car in the picture. And then my fear is just that it's going to be sort of working. And then I'm going to hear crack and because yeah. it's fo- flopped over and shattered the screen. Or stolen. You just never know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, again, I'm in New York. So one of my very best friends is so funny. She, uh, after her runs, she loved to take jumping photos too. And (laughs) in all her photos, she was only wearing one shoe. She would prop her phone up. She would take a shoe off to prop her photo up. And that like was her thing for a little while. And I was like, yes, honesty. She is not ashamed that she finished her run and stood in the middle of Prospect Park under a cherry blossom tree because she sensed a good social media moment. He looks ridiculous because she only has one shoe on, but I applaud her. <laughs> and not to belabor this point, I know we need to move on, but there is an Instagram account completely devoted to boyfriends taking oh, Instagram yeah. photos of their girlfriends. And it's hilarious because the people, they also take videos of the boyfriends taking the photos yeah. and the boyfriends are like laying on the ground. They like fall over trying to get it. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, my husband does not have the patience for that. He's like, you get one take. No, me neither. It's all but fun. I'm the same way. Like full disclosure, these little jump shots that look all nice. I really don't give that much of a crap about them. Um, I do it one time. And if in that one time I didn't do it, I am not jumping again. It's time to go inside and get a snack. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> We're all just doing our best. Okay. So let's, let's go back in time in your pregnancy um, you know, we follow you on Instagram, obviously, but you were really active. You ran a 10 K at 38 weeks. Uh, what was that yeah. like? What sort of reactions did you get from New Yorkers? Did you have old ladies telling you you shouldn't be doing it or were people kind of cheering you on? Well, that's why I wear headphones with aftershock with aftershock. Yes. So you could still hear the ladies, you know, griping at you. That's so. true. And I do, I do. I love my aftershocks. Uh, so it was actually fun. That 10K, I, I was very active. I was fortunate that I, it's funny to say that I felt so great during my pregnancy because my Crohn's flared for the second and third trimesters. Mm. First trimester was great, ran two half marathons, like felt amazing. And then my Crohn's flared. And so I didn't do much running outside. I was going to Orange Theory pretty much every day which I always do. And I love it there. So I was staying fit and taking good care of myself. And then I got to 38 weeks or 37 or something in there. And I was like, you know, I really miss Central Park. I could really use a good outdoor run before this baby comes because then I don't know when my next run in Central Park would be. And, you know, New York road owners, they have races in Central Park so often. And it was the Greta's Gallup 10K. And so I was like, you know what? There's a race this weekend. I'm going to sign up. And my Crohn's was still flaring, but I was like, if I don't feel up to it in the morning, I won't do it. I'm not going to drag my husband and my dog out in the morning to watch me not run a race. And so I woke up and I felt good and I ran a 10K and it was awesome. I was, I was just really happy. It was nice to run for a long time. I ran with a lot of pressure, a lot of goals, a lot of, um, like breaking my neck because I was looking down at my Garmin every two seconds. (laughs) And so it was just nice to not 
care about my time or my pace and just have no idea what time or pace I was running, I said, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, I paid to run this race, so I'm going to max out my uh, entry fee and spend as much time on that course (laughs) as I feel I deserve. (laughs) And I think I ran the first three miles without stopping and felt good. And then in the second half, I think I still felt good, but I was like, you know, this is the hilly half. I'm going to take it easy now. So I'm going to walk the hills for my baby, Mm -hmm. which like, it's just kind of me being a little bit lazy, but I mean, 38 weeks, I was not lazy, but uh, I walked those hills and I felt good about it. And, and it was awesome. And there was another woman who was also pregnant running and we were right around the same pace. Only she was wearing like a crop top and little boot shorts. And I was like, you're amazing. And she was not breathing nearly as heavy as I was. And she definitely passed me very close to the finish. And I was like, all right, that could have been like a moment of solidarity, but yeah, you know, you go, you go girl. And so (laughs) I think about her sometimes. I wish I knew like how far along she was and if she had her baby and if she wants to be my mom friend. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just such a good day though, to be in Central Park. And I have a lot of friends who are runners in New York. So I got to see a ton of them out that day. And it was just really a nice way to wrap up my pregnancy and kind of cap it all off. So I love, I love that will forever be one of my favorite races I've done just because it felt cool to sort of get to the end of my pregnancy and run a race with this little baby who now kicks her legs constantly and <laughs> is always on the move. And my doctor loves to joke like, oh, it's because you're a runner. And I'm like, that's because she's a baby, but maybe. <laughs> so I had, I had a little record scratch moment as you were talking because you said you're a big Orange Theory devotee. Yes. record scratch. So am I. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, uh, I know. And I also knew you loved Orange Theory because of course I stalk you on Instagram. Because yeah. we're best friends. We, yeah, <laughs> I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> we know each other. Okay. Um, yeah, it's the same. So let me, let me just throw these numbers out there because it blew my mind when you posted this. Okay. And so we do the timed mile at Orange Theory where you, you do a timed mile, obviously yes. on the treadmill um, and you try to get better. So you did one in February. You didn't know you were pregnant in 626. And then yeah, I was like five days pregnant. <laughs> You're like, I had something bad to eat the other day. Very ripe. Um, <laughs> a second in May, 17 weeks, 732. And at 30 weeks, you ran a 759. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Thank you. Congratulations. I felt good. <laughs> Thanks. I love it there. They And going to Orange Theory was just great throughout my pregnancy because they're really supportive. There was a group of four of us that were all pregnant and due right around the same time. So we were constantly like on days we would go in and see that there was a lot of core work on the floor. We would all just kind of be like, what are we going to do? And like helping each other with modifications. And then as soon as I was cleared to work out, Orange Theory was the first place that I went. So it was also really great for, you know, feeling like myself again. I hate to say like getting back in shape because I'm a very different like shape now. It's more like, (laughs) I don't know, kind of in amoeba, I guess, but it's been good being back there just because my friends are there. It's my social time. It's my me time. And I just, yeah, I, I, I think I added it up and I took 198 pregnant orange theory classes. Oh my gosh. I know. Um, I mean, but I was also, that was pretty much all I was doing. I wasn't really running all that much outside. So, uh, I, I credit orange theory for having a relatively 
easy delivery. I'm hesitant to say easy because I don't think it was easy. Mm -hmm. uh, the epidural, I also credit that. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, but the nurses were like, your glutes are so strong and your hamstrings while I was pushing. And I was like, this is the best motivation ever. Like someone tells me I'm strong and I feel like superwoman. If someone's like, you're pretty, I'm like, I don't care. But they're like, wow, you have a great butt. I'm like, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> But yes, I love me some Orange Theory, and yes. I went this morning, good little run row, good way to start the day. Yep, I just got nice. back from the run row. You did? Oh, oh so you know. I liked it. I like the floor block, too, but I feel like my calves are going to hurt tomorrow. Yeah, well, yeah, my everything's going to hurt tomorrow, <laughs> but that's just the that's status quo now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, all right, Allie, talk to us about your return to exercising postpartum. I liked your tip about using Strava instead of a watch so you can't, you know, as you said, break your neck from looking down so often to see your pace. Um, what are some other tips you got? Yeah, I, I mean, everyone's different, but I know myself and I know that I have a very unhealthy relationship with numbers. I know mm. that when I am wearing my watch, I obsess over it. Even if I'm like, I'm just going to run easy today. I'm like, oh yeah, but my easy at a nine minute pace looks prettier than my easy at a 10 minute pace. And I, I get competitive. I don't like the numbers going down. So if I ran six miles one day, I don't want to run four the next day. I want to run seven the next day. And I've, I've always been that way. I've always had this bad. It's why I don't weigh myself. Um, I should probably be seeing a therapist about this instead of just like always talking about it on podcasts, I guess. But um, yeah, I, do, I don't do well with numbers. I know that about myself. And so when I was cleared to exercise again and was really excited to get back to Orange Theory and get back on the run, I, I wouldn't even let myself go. I don't even know where my Garmin is, but I wouldn't let myself go find it because I was like, you don't need it. I don't need it. And I love the Strava app because I do like knowing how far I ran. Mm -hmm. um, I like seeing my roots. I enjoy that. And I can do that without being competitive. The way I'm competitive is during my run. And it's looking and seeing my current pace. Mm. So yeah, I use the Strava app. I turn it on on my phone. Mm -hmm. And I hit start and I run and I don't start and stop it. So if I stop to take a walk break, if I stop to tie my shoes, I'm not like whipping out the app to hit start because... When I ran with my watch, it was like stopping at the bathroom, stopping at a stoplight, stopping mm -hmm, to take a breath, mm -hmm. like constantly start, stop. So it's like, oh, I ran 10 miles at an eight minute pace or whatever. And it's like, well, no, you didn't because you stopped every four seconds. <laughs> um, like in a race, that wouldn't be that. Um, though that's a terrible example. I ran this past weekend and according to my Strava app, I ran 10 and a half miles at an 815 pace. And I think that was very generous. I think <laughs> sometimes I love my Strava app. I think sometimes it's generous on the page. Oh yeah, it sure is. Because um, sure I was is. like definitely not breathing heavy and I'm definitely not in 815 pace shape right now, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to argue with it. I'm just <laughs> going to go with it. Uh, so someone wrote that. They were like, you don't have to put a disclaimer on it. And I was like, yeah, no, but I kind of do. Like, uh, But yeah, so just running with the app. That way I can see, I like to look at my little map and I like to keep track. I think that's fun. I love the app. I like seeing all the features, all the features on there. And I like the social aspect of it. So that's what I've been using. And just, you know, running after having a baby is weird. Uh, that is, <laughs> that, that is based solely on my personal experience. Uh, the pelvic floor, mine is perfectly intact per my midwife, but it still feels weird sometimes. And 
So it's, it's just not something I'm really putting pressure on, says the girl who just registered for the New York City Marathon. But mm -hmm. even with that, I told myself and I told my mother and my husband so that they can hold me to it. As I said, I was like, I'm signing up for this. If I cannot put in the training, if I don't want to put in the training, if training in any way puts a strain on my family, I am not doing this. Hmm. Like the way that I will train for this marathon is bare minimum. Hmm. And I know my body at this point. I've run how I've been running for 10 years now. I know what my body needs to get to a start line. I am not going to spend four hours on a Saturday morning running and recovering and then being lazy all day when I could be spending that taking my daughter to swim lessons or like whatever I want to do with my new family of four. And so I think for me, it's going to be, how does this fit into my life? Not how can I fit this into my life? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to force it. It's not something that, I don't know. I just, I can't think of anything I want to do more than watching my daughter grow up right now. And she's really cute and funny in the mornings. She's cute <laughs> and funny all the time, but like <laughs> mornings are really special around here. And that's also when I usually run. So if she decides to take a three hour nap at some point, great. I'm out the door. I'll run. My husband's very supportive of that. If she doesn't take her nap, I'm back in the door and that's fine too. So I think that it's, for me, it's been a lot about letting go of structure. Mm. I used to put everything, I used to put all my workouts on my calendar to, mm. you know, either to keep track or to look, or also for me, it was to make sure I was taking rest days because mm. otherwise I'll work out every single day. And then in the past, I've been like, oh my God, it's been two months since I've taken a day off because I enjoy it and I love it. And if I don't feel, if my body feels fine, why well, take time off? But now my body feels like, it, it does pretty well with days off right now. And so I want to make sure I take those. So yeah, just being a lot easier on myself, not pushing it. I mean, I haven't done any type of speed work or anything yet. I've just, I ran 10 miles this weekend and that was because my husband was at his office with our daughter and dog. And so I was like, great, I will run down the West side of Manhattan until I get to your office, 10 and a half miles. <laughs> so it's just making it fun. I'm not getting out the door unless I want to. I'm not forcing myself to run a certain number of miles. I do have two half marathons this spring that I'm running and those are because I love the races and they're fun. And I'm like, I haven't even registered for them yet because I'm like, let's just see. I'll register the night before uh, in case anything changes. So just learning to be a lot more flexible with my time, with my schedule and with any physical demands I'm putting on myself because I just think now for me isn't the time to have fitness goals. I'm not, I'm not the type of person who feels like I need to, or need to say, I'm going to like do whatever postpartum race. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I guess that sounds contradictory because I just said I'm doing these races, but in my mind, I'm doing them because I love them not to run a time, not to prove anything, uh, just because that's fun for me. Hmm. So we'll see. I think there's a, I think there's a lot in there, a lot of really good advice and a, a perspective of looking at things. So Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, 
I, I honestly, when I was cleared to exercise, I could not wait to get back to the gym. And the second I walked in the doors at Orange Theory, I was texting my husband, what's Annie doing? Is she okay? Send me a picture. Is she awake? I was suddenly, and I know that you guys and everyone hates me for this. I now keep my phone on me as I'm going through the transitions at Orange Theory. I'm not checking it, but what if? I'm like, what if Rule the nanny breaker. What? Like, Oh, I know. And Just I tell kidding. them there's a bunch of moms at mine that do that too. Um, I think a lot of moms relate to, you know, what you're talking about is kind of mommy guilt, I guess is what oh, the yeah. term that's been given to it. Um, but I mean, it sounds like you're working through it and you know, you're only five months in my oldest is 10 and I still, um, have a lot of mommy guilt. So I think it's just something that we all most, I won't say all most of us deal with. Yeah. And the biggest thing that's helped me, and I, this sounds so cheesy. What I've had to do a lot since Annie was born is sort of, I have to like adopt a Sasha Fierce personality in that Beyonce (laughs) has her alter ego and all the times. And for me, it's not like my stage personality. And then my like personality of the mom with no makeup attached to a breast pump. It's more like (laughs) I need to talk to myself like I would talk to a friend. And sometimes I literally picture myself as a different person. And I'm like, what would you do if your friend Sarah came to you and was like, oh my God, I don't deserve to spend an hour at the gym. I need to be with my kids all the time. It's, you know, it's not fair. I don't deserve that time. I would say, no, Sarah, you get an hour. Like you can even have two hours if you want, but like you do. And so I try to put myself in the, what would you say to a friend shoes. And that's helped me. I know it sounds lame. I need to come up with a name. See, my for Sasha my would ego. like slap Sarah across the face and be like, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my Sasha's really theory. nice. Oh, okay. My, mine's kind of aggressive. So <laughs> well, you're 10 years in, I'm only five months in. I'm sure the aggression is in the future. I haven't slept much in 10 years and I'm just sometimes not a nice person to be around. And that's why I work out. <laughs> exactly. exactly. This could be better no, for I- everybody. <laughs> No, I feel like I'm the rag doll that each of you are pulling on one arm going this way, going that way. I feel like I, feel like I would get you out the door faster, but you would probably like her more. Yeah, she'll, she'll kick you and I'll hold your hand. Your choice. She'll put some ice on it afterwards. But, yeah, but either way, you get your workout in. Either so way, Sarah, fine. you are going to the gym. All right, all right, okay. okay. Yeah, but oh, the mom guilt is so ridiculous. Even on the weekends when my husband's home and I'm like, hey, do you mind if I go for a run? He's like, yeah, go for it. I'm like, okay, what time do you want me to run? I don't care. I'm like, okay, well, should I time it with her nap? I don't care. I'm like, well... I'm like, all right, well, it's clear you don't want me to run, so I'll just stay home. He's like, oh my God. He's like, and trust me, there are so many times he's like, please, for all of us, go run and make it long. Uh-huh. Uh, the poor yeah. men in our lives, you know. Uh, we, we used to uh, have a shirt in our store that said, um, if you don't have anything nice to say, go for a run. And yes. I, I can't tell you the number of um, family members who would buy that for their for their mother for the mother runner in their life. Oh, maybe that's we, amazing! Bring it back. I was just saying, maybe we need to bring it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, guys, I'm I'm new to the club. I I need all the merch now. I'm qualified, kind of. Right. Exactly, exactly. Um, so all right, so you wrote in a blog post: being pregnant was really good for my mind body relationship. So why? And tell us more about that. Yeah, because I spent my whole life being afraid of being fat, to be honest. Um, 
I know people don't like that word, but there we are. Um, I grew up a dancer. I grew up, my worth was measured by how high, how high I could jump, how light I was in order to be able to jump, what I looked like, what costumes I fit into. And in dance, especially ballet, there's a right and a wrong. And mm. Mm-hmm. So I spent my life in front of mirrors being told what I was doing wrong and how mm-hmm. I looked wrong. And I had a teacher when I was a senior in high school who looked me up and down and she said, you'd be able to jump a lot higher if you weighed less. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always remember hating my body. I don't mm-hmm. remember a single day growing up from as young as probably seven years old that mm-hmm. I liked how I looked. And I, I, I can blame that on dance if I want. I could blame society. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. My parents are amazing and supportive and praise me endlessly, which I love them for. Uh, so I don't know where the hate for my body came from. And then in early adulthood, once I started running, I still yo-yoed with that. I look back now at photos that I remember taking and being like, oh my God, I look so fat. And I'm like, girlfriend, you are 120 pounds with a flat stomach. I Mm -hmm. don't know what you saw. Mm -hmm. And so it took a really long time for me to start liking my body. I would say it was maybe like two years ago that I was finally so exhausted from thinking about it that I was just like cold turkey. I can't devote time and energy to this anymore. And I sort of had my like come to Jesus moment. Um, I guess, I don't know, I'm not religious. I don't know what you go to Jesus Mm -hmm. for. I guess it's to talk (laughs) about your body issues, but I had that moment. And I remember saying to my friend, Lucy, the, the, the one who takes her shoe off for her jump shots. And I said, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot spend all of my energy hating myself. I'm exhausted. And I know that a part of me always feared what would happen if I were ever, you know, lucky enough to be pregnant. And I worried about the weight gain and people say it ruins your body for life. And that, you know, for the rest of your life, your boobs will be down by your ankles. And like, that's kind of true right now after I pump, but, um, (laughs) I worried about what that would be like for me. And I tried to just say, okay, I'm pregnant. My body's going to grow. Let's see what happens. And oh my God, I loved it. I Mm. loved my growing belly. I felt so grateful that I was able to be pregnant. I know that's not something to take for granted. I've had a lot of friends go through some really hard times over the past couple of years. so I knew I was lucky. I had a lot of gratitude throughout my pregnancy and I loved watching my body grow. And I think it helps to be honest. It helps that I was able to be active. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that if I were on bed rest my entire pregnancy, or if I had had a lot of complications, I would probably have a really different perspective on it. But I had a really, other than the Crohn's flare, I had an uncomplicated pregnancy. I felt really good. And so I was able to enjoy that time in my life, which, you know, I know isn't true for everyone. I didn't deal with a lot of morning sickness. I was able to have that, the, the like annoying unicorn pregnancy that people talk about like, oh, those annoying women that love being pregnant. Yeah, that was me. But I was also like pooping blood sometimes because I have Crohn's disease. So, I mean, if we're being honest here, mm. so mm. I was very sick, but I still really liked it. And 
I kept waiting. I think I kept waiting for that moment of like, oh, it's time to hate your body now. It's huge or whatever. And it never happened. And I loved it right up until the moment I gave birth. And then in the postpartum days, I think again, I expected to be hard on myself and to be dying to get back into shape. And I'm still not like, oh, good. I, now I just don't care. I mean, <laughs> I, I am never going to devote that energy that I was devoting before to hating myself. I don't mm -hmm. want my daughter to see that. I, but I also, I don't want to have to be fake around her. I don't want to be like, no, mommy loves her body when I secretly hate it. And I don't, I, you know, I just wear stretchy pants now and it's fine. Someday <laughs> I, I might wear jeans, but I've never liked jeans. <laughs> and it's more just, I, I'm shocked by how little I care about looking a certain way right now. I mm -hmm. feel great. My Crohn's went away after I gave birth. I don't have any Crohn's symptoms right now, which if we mm. could all knock on wood, that'd be great. So I think it's, it was, it just gave me this total shift in finally caring more about how I feel than looking a certain made up way that only I care about. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it was like the best lesson in learning to love myself. And it was so shocking because I think I spent my whole life dreading the day that I would gain weight. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God, it was never that. Like it it wasn't gaining weight. It was growing a human. And that's awesome. I got to be a science experiment. So I think that's a lot cooler. And I, I hope that, you know, I'm raising a daughter now and I don't want her, the thought of her being a seven-year-old and hating her body. I mean, that, that makes my heart want to break into a million pieces. I don't want that for her. And so I will, you know, I, I need to like read some books about, um, you know, how to raise a strong daughter with great self-esteem and all that good stuff. I think we have time, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> well, I, I don't want her to feel that way ever in her life. Well, it sounds like you were on, um, a good track, uh, to achieve that. I hope uh, so. Whew, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so, I think, it, you know, your honesty and insights are really refreshing and I want to continue to get personal and ask you about your boobs. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> they're not the same oh, size. Mind. Not I, they're not only not the same size they used to be. They're not the same size as each other. Well, don't you you have you referred to them as your bolder boobs, right? They're just the worst. <laughs> they're just they're just the worst so, and I'm not talking about how they look. They just since having a baby, my relationship with my boobs has been tumultuous. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what, I mean, what sports bra are you liking these days? Because we have a lot of mother runners with similar issues like breastfeeding or mm -hmm. post uh, babies, free babies. We all have food yes. issues. Okay. So I am not breastfeeding. I am exclusively pumping, which is a term that I don't like for some reason, but uh, breastfeeding did not work out for us. And that was something that was very hard for me emotionally and physically. And so I was like, okay, I'll just pump for a couple days. And that has turned into five months of pumping for my baby. Um, I'm, I'll be done soon. I'm down to twice a day, which is nice. But uh, that meant, you know, women would ask like, oh, what do you, what nursing sports bra do you like? And I'm like, I never understood. I'm like, why do I need to like breastfeed in the middle of my workout? So my favorite sports bra is the Lululemon and light bra. Um, or it might be Enlite. I don't know. E-N-L-I-T-E. Lululemon. I 
I wore it in three different sizes throughout my pregnancy. <laughs> I, they, they just kept getting bigger and now they're getting smaller again. And I love that bra. It's the only one I've ever loved that doesn't chafe for me. Obviously that depends, I think more on fit than anything. Um, it's comfortable. I like how it looks. I don't feel, you know, I've always had a lot going on up top and <laughs> it doesn't look like a scary, terrifying, um, like, contraption of ace bandages or whatever. And so it's comfortable. I like it. It doesn't have straps that you can pull down to feed your baby. Uh, that's not something I've had to do or consider. Um, I've never had to pump at orange theory or in the middle of a workout. So, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I just wear a sports bra that clasps in the back. Uh, that is my current favorite. It's been my favorite for a while. I wear it for orange theory for races. Um, and in the earliest days when I was first working out, and everything was very sensitive. I would stick those little gel um, nipple pads in there, and it felt really nice. <laughs> like you mean the ones that um, that sometimes celebrities wear to like cover oh. up high beams, or what are what <laughs> no, are we talking about there? Like they're like cooling pads for if your if your nipples are really sore from breastfeeding, which mine were from oh. trying and trying and trying. And oh. they're hmm. yeah, the Lancino gel pads. They're oh. delightful. So I was, I They're was delightful. like, oh, I'm not using these for the right things, but I stuck them in my sports bra and they felt really good. I feel like somebody's <laughs> writing that down right now. Like they stopped running and they're writing like on their hand uh, I hope, because they I want hope to put those that. on after a race. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, men should do it. No, um, I mean, I hope it's that and not like, uh, why is this woman oversharing so much that I didn't need to Oh know. no, you're in very safe oh, no. company here. We, yeah, we overshare. Yeah, yeah I figured. <laughs> I know. Yes. I love you guys. <laughs> yes, yes. So we uh let's stay in the TMI realm. Sure. So um so when recounting your first marathon, you um often confess how you peed yourself several times. Yeah, I did three times. And you know, I look back and I'm like, why didn't you just stop? Like I wasn't <laughs> breaking records. Did I think I I mean now I would never do that. I think at the time I was like, Well, I'm a real runner now. Now I'm like, yeah, no, like girlfriend. Oh, so so it, so it wasn't a, it wasn't an accidental thing. You just were like, not stopping, gonna yeah. go. Yeah, oh, I was all like, right. Okay, because okay, because I I have I have done that when I've been going after a time goal, but I just which thought is that respectable. You, and yes. I I commend you for that, especially if you met your goal. No, I was just running and was like, I have to pee and I'm really sweaty, so I guess I'll just let it. It wasn't like a lot. It was just like a little bit of pee, and I think. You know, I wasn't breaking records. I didn't have a time goal. I don't know. Again, who did I think I was <laughs> that I couldn't like a use a porta potty? There were plenty. Also, it was in the rural Hamptons, lots of woods. <laughs> I don't know why I thought I was this like badass who had to peer pants and also tell people about it. Like, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We love revisiting topics like that. Um, that's so funny. Cause the first, uh, marathon I did after the birth of, um, my first child was Napa Valley and it's, you know, fairly, fairly, it's beautiful. It's fairly, yeah. um, you know, it's through farm, you know, vineyards and stuff. And so I had to pee. And so I just pulled off to the side and just peed by the side of the road in, you know, maybe I had a little coverage. I don't know, but I guess there was a little tree. Yes. Yeah. As you should. And then you didn't have pee in your pants or shorts. That's uh-huh. what a normal person would do. I don't know why I thought, I think I thought I was like awesome for doing it. I was like, I'm a real runner. And people are like, no, you know, who does that? 
four-minute milers. Like, check yourself, <laughs> girlfriend. Uh, but Napa to Sonoma was my first half. I love that race. Oh, nice. Nice. You yeah. came all the you traveled cross country to your first half marathon they told me there was wine at the finish line <laughs> wow yes, wow you know you, you could have just had someone have a bottle for you back in new york and save the airfare but yeah uh, <laughs> I, I also could have used three porta potties but i didn't do that so um no i did it because i was training with team challenge through the crohn's and colitis foundation and that was uh-huh. their like destination race that year oh so, nice i didn't just randomly pick it myself that was i think my okay. choice was that or like nashville Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. So and you, you say that uh, postpartum you're free of symptoms of Crohn's disease? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I flared my entire second and third trimesters horribly. I gave birth to my daughter and within four days, all my symptoms were gone. And people had told me my midwife and my GI had said that might happen, that there's that crazy hormonal shift that Sometimes it just happens that way. And I'm so grateful because I've had a really, I mean, I still do sometimes. I feel like the fog is, is lifting now, but those first couple months were really hard for me emotionally Mm -hmm. and physically. Mm -hmm. And I think to have been flaring on top of that, I am not confident I would have gotten through it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And, um, or at least I wouldn't be smiling like I am now. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm super grateful for that. I can't explain it. I don't care to try to. I am just like, please stay this way. Yeah. But also now that I've had a baby and I've worn diapers as an adult, I'm like, (laughs) why wasn't I doing that with Crohn's the whole time? Like, hello. Oh, but (laughs) yeah, but it's one, it's one thing, you know, to, you know, be bleeding postpartum after you deliver a baby. And it's another thing maybe to be pooping yourself in in diapers. Yeah. I mean, neither are my favorite hobbies. So, Mm -hmm, mm you know, we do what we got to do, but I am I'm very grateful to be feeling very healthy right now so that I can be focused on Annie and not constantly worrying about my own bowels. Yeah, I can worry yeah. about her bowels. Nice. Nice. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's yeah, cuter yeah. when so, she poops. Hers are cuter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so are you running New York city to raise money again for Crohn's and colitis or are no, you... no, mm-hmm. I'm not. Um, I'm just, it's my favorite race and I want to be there. So but, and so you just, you said you registered today, like, um, d- you got accepted through the lottery I had, or I had guaranteed entry because mm. I, I do a lot of partner work with New York Roadrunners. Yes. Nice, nice, so. nice. Okay. Hashtag right. ad or something. Spon- <laughs> Spon- <laughs> okay. Um, I am not being paid to run it by any means, yeah. um, but I do, I, um, I contribute a lot to their website. I do live shows with them at the run center in New York city. So, uh, part of that comes with a marathon entry. Yeah. Very nice. So I took nice it. Perk. I, yes. I had to claim it by March 23rd, which is why I was like, oh, I need to do it today or I'm going to forget or lose it. So <laughs> claimed it. it. It being March 6th and maybe you got another 17 days to remember to do it. But other than that. No, because by then it would be on the second page of my email and I wouldn't remember. Oh, my email is okay. a scary black hole. So <laughs> today or bust. But you know what's on that second page is my credit card bill statements, all the other things that I let go to page two. This is priority. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, Allie, I got to say that we could probably talk to you all day, but we want to let you get back to being, uh, you know, a mom and, and maybe doing a little bit of work before, if, before, you know, you have to be on mom duty again. So thank you. It has been a delight to talk to you. Oh, this is so cool for me because I've listened to your podcast and 
I was like, well, I'm never going to be on it because, you know, I'm not a mother runner. And um, it's so crazy to to be the one talking to you guys today. And um, I've always loved what you're doing and the women you have on the show. And it's kind of crazy to to be among them now. So thank you for having me. Oh, well, you're very sweet. Thank you. And um, good luck with your training and, and Orange Theory and all that good stuff. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I just want to adopt her. She's adorable. She is super cute. And I love, <laughs> she's so TMI. I want to be know. friends with her. <laughs> I, I know. She's in my town. I know. I think so too. Like I'd, I'd babysit for her and then we could, you know, although I couldn't keep up with her. So there's that. No, me neither. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just did the time smile at Orange Theory and I'm not going to say what I did, but uh, it was not that. But I feel like she was next to me. There's always like the super fast uh, college need- girl next to me. Oh, you need to choose your treadmill better, Maggie. I really, today, I was like surrounded by them. I was like, oh, man, I was trying to keep up. I got this. <laughs> I get all competitive. Like, no, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, uh, let's hear from Dimity and hear who else has got it. Hey, everybody. It's Dimity here with our first Mother Runner of the Month. I'm talking with Gina Halverson from, oh, God. All right. I can't, I have to look at my uh, notes while I talk to you. Sorry. I was trying to look at you in the eyes, but I'm not gonna be able to do that. Okay. Oh, I hear you. Last time. Here we go. Okay. Hey everybody. It's Dimity here with Gina Halverson, who is our first mother runner of the month in the another mother runner new award category. Um, She is from Lockport, Illinois, and we are so excited. Welcome Gina. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, congratulations. And um, tell me a little bit about yourself as a runner. So I'm, I suppose you would say I'm pretty new to the running scene. I just picked it up, um, I would say, mid-January of last year, of 2018. That's right. And so you started because you were a smoker, right? And you wanted to kick that habit finally? Yep. That, well, smoking, I was a smoker, and um, I really wanted to kick the 40 to 50 pounds of baby weight that I put on. That's right. So you have, you have two kids, you have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So you're like in the thick of it. You're yes. heavier than you want to be. And you told me you had been a smoker basically since like your college days. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And so tell me how running and smoking didn't, <laughs> was not an ideal combination <laughs> yeah, for you. Didn't right? really work. Didn't work very well. <laughs> no. So it was, uh, it was the weight loss first. Um, and I wanted to lose the weight. So I got on a treadmill and I started running. And I, 60 seconds in, I couldn't run any longer. I couldn't even breathe. So I thought, well, if I want to lose this weight, I better stop smoking. Um, and I wanted to pick up running. I thought it was kind of fun. So I just said, all right, tomorrow, let's just try it. For one day, it was probably 10 years of smoking. I've smoked a cigarette every year for those 10 years. I said, just don't smoke a cigarette. Let's see how far we can run. And every single day without smoking, I ran a little bit further and a little bit further. And after probably three or four years of trying to quit, it was honest to God running that made me quit or helped me quit. Yeah. Yeah. You call it cold turkey running, right? Basically you never smoked another cigarette again. Haven't picked one up since. That is crazy. Well, congratulations. That is such a huge accomplishment in and of itself. Um, Thank you. And, and then, and then um, it sounds like you've also lost the weight that you wanted to through running. 
and a few extra pounds too. So that's a, that's a bonus. Bonus, <laughs> bonus. I love it. I love it. And so seriously, you started running in January of 2018. So we're just a little over a year from that. Yep. And you have your first half marathon on the books for St. Patrick's Day, right? Correct. <laughs> so tell, I mean, that's, that's a pretty fast progression. So tell us yeah. a little bit about how you got from 60 seconds of running to taking on 13.1 miles in about sure. 13 months. Hearing you say that makes me nervous because <laughs> it's a couple weeks away, but um, I just, you know, a little bit of running here or there. I talked about it with my family and my friends and my cousin who had ran the Chicago marathon was running um, Chicago's um, Shamrock Shuffle in March. And she said, why don't you just sign up? It's a fun run. The energy's high. Just do it. You know, there's, there's walkers. You can, you can walk if you need to walk, but just do it with me. And so that was my first run. It was an 8K in Chicago last year. And um, I, my only goal, I didn't care if, how long it took me, but my only goal was just to run it the whole time. And I did. And I just, I guess I caught the bug. And I ran a few more 8Ks and 5Ks, got to a 10K. And then I finished the year with the, that hot chocolate run series in Chicago, the 15K. That is awesome. That is yeah. just great. Congratulations. That's, that's a huge you. accomplishment. Well, and one of the things that um, we loved about your, your application or your, um, I guess your nomination is a better word, and, um, and then corresponding with you a little bit, me and you over email is just, I can tell how much you just love running, like a capital L. Like, yeah. <laughs> which I, like I was just telling, t- speaking to you earlier, that is a little unique for somebody who comes into running, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you kind of force yourself to like it until you finally love it or love aspects of it. And that's not you. You're like, I'm hook, line, and sinker. I'm in. This is my sport. This is my activity. So tell us kind of what you love about running so much. Well, I, I know we kind of joked about this a little bit earlier, but I, I don't know if this is a middle-aged mom thing, but as an as a employee, I work full-time. So um, an employee, uh, mom, a wife, a daughter, a sister. I have so many titles, but the running, you know, when I put my headphones in and I walk out the door, it's, I'm, I'm me, I'm Gina for however long I run for. And it's just, it's contagious. I think we need it. I I return and I feel, feel clear minded and calm. So it's, um, it's, it's a nice, I'm, I'm, addicted to it, I suppose you could say. <laughs> Which is great. It's a, it's a healthy addiction. We'll take it's it. The better, we'll it's take the it. better of the two addictions I've had in my life. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, great. And so, so St. Patrick's Day is your day. It's a lucky day for many people. Are you Irish at all? I'm half Irish. Well, okay. Good, yes. good. And you'll have a, maybe a green beer waiting for you at the finish line, do we think? Well, well yeah. I mean, I'll take it. Well, so what, I mean, when you think about your first half marathon, um, what do you think about, like when you visualize yourself crossing the finish line, what do you see? I I always think about that. I I read, I've been reading a lot and I've been reading a lot of um, David Goggins um, and listening to him. Mm -hmm. And he, he always talks about like envision the end, envision how you will feel at the end. And um, I don't know yet. I, I, I think it'll be a, an enormous sense of pride. Um, I'm happy. I want my kids to see me do it because I, I know that they'll know that they can do something great like that as well. Um, 
So I, I just, I can't wait. Yeah. We just have to wait to waste day, huh? But yeah. we, we definitely want to see pictures when you're done um, of it. Um, if you'd like to share them with us. Cross like your fingers. <laughs> oh, oh we, 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 we know you got this. You've got this. Um, congratulations again on being our first mother runner of the month. We couldn't have picked somebody better because you epitomize the determination and the love of running that we like to spread around another mother runner. So congratulations and, um, and many happy miles to you. Thank you so much. You guys are so kind. All right, folks, please remember to subscribe to our email newsletter. It allows you to stay up to date on all things Another Mother Runner and get our blog post delivered to your inbox. Subscribing, ugh, subscribing takes just a sec. Go to anothermotherrunner.com slash subscribe. We're announcing exciting news next Friday, March 15th. And if you receive our email newsletter, you'll be in the know from the get-go. We also appreciate you subscribing to and rating this podcast wherever you listen. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm-hmm.